The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Get ready to ride along on our fall road tour powered by Toro, Jobber, Entrepreneur Academy, and Ballard Products. We are traveling the Midwest, talking with green industry leaders, discovering best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. And now, here's your hosts, Paul Jamison and Naylor Taliaferro. All right, guys, we are here with Alex Nickens, part two. Yesterday, if you didn't get a chance to listen to, go back and uh, hear how Alex got this thing all started. So, Alex, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Paul. Cool. Well, we're going to hear more for, about your story coming right up after we hear from today's show sponsors. This industry's largest peer-to-peer lead training event is just around the corner. And if you guys are ready to bump it up a notch and lay the foundation for an incredibly successful 2021, then Entrepreneur Academy Live 2020 is an absolute must-attend event. Entrepreneur Academy Live. The fun takes place November 7th in Novi, Michigan at the Suburban Collection Showplace. This year, we have six amazing speakers, including Nick Carlson, Caleb and Brittany Allman, Corey Ballard, Jeff Joyner, Keith Calfus, and Stanley Genetic. This all-day-long exclusive conference focuses on safety training, sales training, and features live panels and demos as well. You definitely don't want to miss out. Refocus, regroup, and re-engage with us this fall at Entrepreneur Academy Live 2020. We're so excited to host you guys in Novi, Michigan and help propel your business to the next level. Hotels and event registration information can all be found at LawEntrepreneurAcademy.com and in today's show notes. And follow along as the excitement builds with the Instagram hashtag LAL2020. See you November 7th. From start to finish, Toro has you covered with an all-new professional lineup. Check out the Z-Master 4000 zero-turn mower. Equipped with Horizon 360, there's also a new Z-Master 2000. Grandstand multi-force attachments for every season. And a new 21-inch, 60-volt, heavy-duty walk mower. For more information, go to toro.com slash professional. Toro.com slash professional. the Green Industry Podcast Fall Road Tour. Once again, here's your host, Paul Jamison. 
right, guys, chatting with Alex here in Illinois, Freeburg, Illinois, Alex Nickens Lawn and Landscape. And uh, he is, by the time you guys hear this podcast, he's married. I'm doing the interview on the eve of his uh, wedding here. We really appreciate him taking time for the Green Industry Podcast and uh, telling the story. So how did you meet uh, your fiance, now wife? I met her in high school. Okay. We met a long time ago. I think I was a senior in high school whenever we met. And Hockey player. Yep. She was a soccer player. Kind okay. of a, athletic. A, uh, yep. Somewhat of an instant connection. We've kind of always, always had ties, but we've been dating now for about 10 years. And uh, I think it was about time, but we both had a lot going on. She was in school. She's a dental hygienist. Okay. And uh, she had actually the school that she was going to went bankrupt. And it was a trade school, so she was getting ready to graduate, and we were prob- we probably would have got married a lot sooner, but okay. she was getting ready to graduate. Her school went bankrupt, so she had to start all over and go back to school. So we've, and I've been focusing on my business. So like I said, we've been together 10 years, but we yeah. both kind of had things that we were focusing on, and, and now she's done with school. She's got her full-time job, and I'm a little bit more settled in here. So yeah. it was time. It was well, time. Yeah, congratulations. So when you start dating the senior year, has it been a fluid 10 years, or was there a breakup? and a regathering or what, uh, what's the storyline of the 10 years? Well, we didn't start dating right away. So you're we just kinda, friends. We, yeah, we kind of had a connection and we ran around in the same crowd. Did um, you, when you saw her, did you have feelings for her? Or you just like, oh, that's... Yeah, there was definitely an instant attraction for sure. Okay. She, she's a good looking girl. From you but, to her, was she feeling you or... Uh, I think so. Okay. I think so. But, but you just kind of played uh, it cool. Yeah, and there went a couple years before we ever dated, but then uh, we started dating. We dated for... I don't know, five, five years or so. We broke up for about six months and we've been back together for four years now. Okay. Something along those lines. I don't know the exact numbers, but somewhere yeah. along those lines, we did break up and okay. uh, I guess realized that we didn't want to be apart and been together ever since and, and probably happier than ever. So I don't want to say it was a good thing, but uh, it's, it, it, I don't think it, I don't think it hurt into anyone out there that is broken up right now with the one that they think might be the one just hang in there. Yeah. You, you might have hope. That was me. So yeah, it, it's, it's all good, but yeah, we've, uh, we're, we're very happy and she's, she's a little bit younger than I am, but I'm almost 30. So we, we both want to have kids. So I think it was time to get married and, and start moving along. Awesome. Well, congratulations on the marriage and, uh, the future little kids. I was so interesting. I was just at Blake Albertson's home and when I started watching YouTube, he was, he hadn't, he was just starting puberty. Like he was, yeah. I mean, you, he'd be making a video and he'd be like, Hey, I, you know, his voice would crack and he was a kid Yep. and his, his dad had to take him to the GIE plus expo in Louisville, Kentucky. Cause he didn't have a driver's license. Yep. So I watched him grow up on YouTube and now he's got a beautiful wife, Natalie, and they got twins. And so I'm like, man, I got to get my act together because I'm still <laughs> single. I'm like, Blake's here pumping out twins, got a wife, beautiful home. And it was convicting. I'm like, uh, so anyway, I'm, I'll be next. Hopefully you, <laughs> you go. got, you got your wifey, uh, this Friday and, uh, Blake's crushing it. Uh, you know, just, uh, his business and, and everything. So it's fun to kind of watch everyone online, you know, uh, grow into those different stages of marriage and children. And it's, right. it's pretty exciting. So what's the deal with the um, foundation of your company? Your bro- you mentioned your brother. What's the storyline with that? Yep. So my brother was my first full-time employee. Uh, he uh, had helped. What's his name? Nick. Okay. He had helped originally, uh, of course, you know, yeah. by nature. We were both living at my mom's house whenever I started. So How old's Nick? Uh, he is two and a half years younger than me. Okay. So 26. And you've always been the owner. 
Yes. He's yep. an employee. And I'm the hundred percent. We get this question a lot. How do we break it up? I'm the 100% owner, but I tell people this all the time. There's days where he makes more than I do. So mm-hmm. he, he gets compensated very well. He, he's taken care of, but, um, he is not an owner and I, that's just me personally. He does just as much as I do. He probably does 50% or now sometimes even more of the work than that because I have to be in the office and I have to be meeting with clients and doing other things like that. So he definitely takes a large amount of the workload but he is not an owner. Um, and I just wanted to do that just to keep things always separated. And if there ever came down to it, I don't want to get in a family feud over a percentage of the business or something like that. So, uh, we have a very good understanding behind that and, and it works out really good for us. Yeah. I think Dave Ramsey says the only ship that doesn't, uh, sail is a partnership. Yep. Uh, because like you said, when you're 50, 50, Alex is given all he's got. Nick's slacking, or Nick's his name, right? Yes. Or one, you know, Nick's going for it, and Alex is out in La La Land, and then they're like, "Hey, man, what's going?" And then the thing divorces, and then it Thanksgiving just... sour. So I really think that's smart for the younger guys that are just starting. My first year, I had a partner, and I mean, I started with nothing. So he had a pickup truck, he had equipment, he had a trailer, and uh, so, but I had the personality to go lay out, pass out you know, I watch geek to freak. So I'm passing out flyers and yep. <laughs> doing the whole thing and I'm getting the customers. He's got the equipment and we teamed up and we're just about to get a business license. And it was going to be his last name, my last name. And I had a mentor step in and say, don't do that. He said, cause at some point, one of you is going to be more about it and the other is going to slack off and then it's going to implode. So thankfully I owned it. I, I, literally I went out and just put it in my name and we had a fair financial compensation for him and it worked out awesome. So we're, yeah, he's I, made a lot of money. I've made a lot of money and we're friends to this day. We actually hang out on Thanksgiving. I go to his family's house. So, yep. And I think what you're saying or where you were going there is, is a really good point to make that just because, you know, like I said with me and my brother, he does the same amount of work. He still makes great money, but you know, for you guys to work together, for anybody to work together, like you and your friend, you don't have to be, you know, 50, 50 partners. Mm -hmm. You can have your business, they can have their business and you guys can help each other there. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And then if one person wants to go one direction or, you know, something, you know, one person falls into bad luck and they need to take two weeks off. It's not Mm -hmm. like, Oh, well now you owe me two weeks type thing or whatever. It Mm -hmm. just, there's no, there's no weird spot there where if you're 50, 50, it can get weird really, really quick. Mm -hmm. And if you're two separate businesses, just working together, helping each other out, you always have room to say, Hey man, I want to go do this. No hard feelings. And and you can do that. But when you're a business, now you have to buy the other one out or it just gets really weird. Like I said, really quick. And I think working together is a great thing, but being partners, like you said, your ship's not going to take off. Yeah, exactly. So tell us a little bit about the employees. One of the number one questions we get asked on the green industry podcast all the time, it, it will kind of with a little attitude is Paul, how do I find good employees? So you, you obviously have something working where you can take a couple weeks off to enjoy your wife. So how did you get this, um, system foundation running with actually employees that will show up and get the job done? Yeah. So I'll start by, uh, saying this, that I have three really, really good employees right now. I have my brother, I have a guy named Tez and I have another guy named Nick. So I've got mm-hmm. two Nicks and I've got Tez. 
those guys are really, really good. My brother, obviously, he's got a little more leg into it because he's related to the owner. Of course. You know, so he, he obviously wants to do good. and, and His wants name's to see, on the shirt. Exactly. Yeah, he wants to sign. see this business succeed. So um, he, he's obviously, or he's an obvious, you know, good employee for most people. I would, mm-hmm. I would say I've heard a lot of people say that their brother didn't give them the effort that they should have. So not everyone's brother's going to do that, but me and Nick have a good relationship. He's a hard worker. He's great. The other two guys came to me. One of them had nine years lawn care experience, lawn care and landscape maintenance experience. And the other one had 10 years experience. Mm -hmm. And they came to me, said, Hey man, are you hiring? And I have looked, and that was just this year. One of them started, I think it was March 15th, 16th, 17th, somewhere in there. Some, sometime in mid March. And the other one started June 1st. Of this year? Yes. Oh, wow. Both of them just started this year. So it has been, and like I said, this is my eighth year. So it's been seven years of putting it out there that we're looking for help. It's been me and my brother up until now. Wow. So, yeah. So it was, uh, it was really hard at times in the past, definitely. And that was kind of when we started phasing certain services out and just saying, you know, we can't do this anymore. We, we need to focus our energy where we want to be kind of thing. So, um, it was really, really hard. Like you said, everyone's asking, how do you find good employees? It's not easy, but I will tell you this. If, if you're a good company, you know, like us, we've had a good reputation for all this time. I knew it was a matter of time and people have told me, mentors have told me this, just keep what you're doing. Keep looking. You'll find the right guy or they'll find you. Mm -hmm. It will happen. Eventually there's people that want to be outside that are tired of being in an office or whatever. So it will happen. You will find good people, but you just got to stay with it. You just got to keep trying, keep looking and, and, and never quit looking really. Yeah. And Nick's Lawn and Landscape has the reputation in the community that's healthy and all the social proof on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. So you really set yourself up. So talk the transition from lawn mowing five days a week, cutting that grass, making that cash to two days a week and the higher profit margin jobs of the landscaping and the hardscaping. I, I, I get it. I've made the actual same move, but for guys that's out there pushing the mower, why did you make this transition? Yeah. So it was like I mentioned at the beginning, I started landscaping before I ever started mowing grass. So Mm -hmm. when my introduction into the green industry was doing hardscaping, retaining walls and all that. Okay. And when I started my business, I knew that if I was going to keep going, that's where I wanted to be at the end. So Uh whenever I first decided I was going to do a landscaping business, I didn't even mow grass. Okay. And that was very, very short lived. Like I'm talking a month and a half and I was like, okay, I need to do something that's more reoccurring. And that's, you know, mowing obviously every week in the summer and spring. So, um, it just almost naturally, I would say, you know, or, or just by instinct, me thinking, okay, I need to work more. I need to, you know, be out there, get my face in front of more customers. So that's how the mowing thing started. And then we just, you know, that just propels itself like anyone who's ever mowed knows neighbor comes over asks yep. you to mow then they say can you want my mom's house down yep. here so we got really big in mowing kind of really fast so yeah. to say quote unquote really fast but um it, it was just again almost a natural transition from there to landscaping because mm-hmm. when you're on all these people's property all week they're gonna say hey can you do this hey do you know somebody that does retaining walls hey can you fix this little patio hey can mm-hmm. you put in these couple pieces of drain pipe so I always took on those jobs and just slowly started buying equipment. Mm-hmm. And as we, you know, we're getting more built up to do the landscaping stuff and getting mm-hmm. a better reputation for that. I really started pushing those pictures and those before and afters on social media mm-hmm. and just less of the mowing. So people would start to view us more as a landscaping, hardscaping, you know, excavating company rather mm-hmm. than a lawn care company. Mm-hmm. So I almost made that decision in my head where I was going to make the transition. And I just kind of, 
slowly stopped posting lawn care stuff and more and more of that type stuff. And then as that started happening and the requests started coming in, we just, you know, year by year, I rarely ever dropped any of my lawn care customers mid year. So we, it would be like a plan type thing where mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing, you know, this summer, this fall, we are slammed with landscaping. We don't have enough time to do all this stuff. So the next year going into the next year, I would just nicely let, you know, 15, 20 customers go. That would be a day. And then mm-hmm. the next year, another 15 or 20 would go. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, you know, we'd pick up a couple of commercial and then I let go another 15 or 20. So right now we're down to, I think it's like 26 lawn care customers. I, roughly is what we're at. I don't know exactly. That's changed a little bit here in the, in the yeah. past couple of weeks, but, um, most, uh, I'm not going to say most of those, pretty much all of those are full service customers where we trim the bush, we aerate, we spray, we do the snow removal for all the commercial ones. And about 10 of those are commercial. Okay. So we're, we're very, very fine tuned. And almost all of those are in the little town that we're sitting in. We got a few Mm -hmm. over there and a few over there, but almost all those are right here in town. So my whole round trip is uh, for the majority of those, we got to go out for a few of them, but round trip on 22 of those is about a mile. Awesome. So route density. Yeah. Right there. All right. We're going to have more with Alex Nickens here in Freeburg, Illinois, coming right up after we hear from Mr. Producer. Do me a favor, friends. After today's podcast, go on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, write a couple of sentences. I'm sure Paul would be encouraged by those words, might even read them on a future episode, maybe even shout out our sponsors, let them know how much you appreciate them bringing you the Fall Road Tour. One of our great sponsors, Ballard Products at ballard-inc.com. I was just over at the website and noticed that they have the lowest price in years on their advanced shoot cover. This is what instantly turns your zero-turn mower into a mulching machine. So you can get yours now at ballard-inc.com. And let's hear a little more from them. Ballard Innovative Products is a full line of gear for the lawn and landscape professional. From mower gear, safety gear, trailer racks, equipment securement, equipment servicing tools, aerators, mower blades, and much more to make you efficient, effective, safe, and profitable in the field. Be sure to check out the Catch Pro Aluminum Bagger and the Ballard Blades and X-Blade combination to dominate this fall. With over 20 years of selling accessories and 30 years in the business, we're sure we've got something you can't live without. Use coupon code FALLTOUR at ballard Inc.com to save 10% off anything on the website during the month of October. That's Ballard-Inc.com, promo code FALLTOUR, and the link will be in the show description. Hey friends, Paul here, and we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Jobber. From the quote request to the moment you are paid, Jobber brings everything together to make the entire job and customer experience seamless. Jobber makes it easy to get more work through online booking and quoting. To get started, just head over to GetJobber.com to start your free 14-day trial. Thank you to Jobber, Entrepreneur Academy, Ballard Products, and Toro for sponsoring the Green Industry Podcast 2020 Fall Road Tour. All right, we are back with Alex and really grateful for you taking time out of your day on uh, the week you're getting married. And by the time this podcast is out there, uh, you are now a married man. So congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate that. 
and uh, just a booming business here at uh, Nickens Lawn and Landscape. Did you get that from uh, Richie Plemons? I sure did. That was a gift to us from Richie. That was yeah, a, that, a great you guys gift. know what I'm talking about. It's the flag that yep. uh, Richie puts together. So that's really cool. Yep. I love that. That's a piece that'll probably always be hanging right there, or if, unless I get a new office, then it'll go in that, but... Yeah. So how has the community, uh, it helped you start your YouTube, but how has the community kind of helped your grow your business over the years? What I mean, the YouTube, Instagram, lawn care community, we're all from different cities, but we interact. How's that helped, uh, grow your business? Uh, it's really helped by being, I guess, put in front of people who are much further along than I am. Mm -hmm. So being on Instagram and having a good following on Instagram, if I reach out to someone who has 30 years hardscaping experience and I can tell by their pictures and their videos that they know what they're talking about, Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, if I reach out to one of those guys, they hit me right back and answer my questions. Mm -hmm. So just by having a presence online and people knowing who I am and being able to ask those questions that I may not have felt comfortable asking or may not have... Uh, ever even seen that person or, or known that person if I wasn't online to be able to reach out to that and to have access to so many, you know, quote unquote mentors, because I don't really know these people. They're not necessarily my mentor, but mm-hmm. they are willing to to lend a hand and to help out when they can. And that's been very, very impactful for us. Yeah, absolutely. So hardscaping, I watch Caleb Allman. That's kind of my, uh, I don't know if you know him from oh, Columbus, yeah. but he, you know, he's, uh, his Instagram is actually, in my opinion, the best Instagram out there. Cause it's always, I feel like I'm getting an education every day where I watch him. He does a really good job with his Instagram, but uh, I don't offer hardscaping services, just landscape enhancements and some lawn maintenance. But, uh, What's kind of the storyline with your hardscaping? How has it worked financially? I know Caleb's always talking about it's, you know, really good uh, profit margins and high ticket priced services. So what's been your story with hardscaping? Yeah, so that that's definitely true. But I do want to start out by saying for guys that are new into it, just be careful because it's very high profit margin and there, there are big ticket price items. But if you don't price accordingly and you don't know what you're doing, it can get really backwards high really risk. quick. Yes. High it's risk. Very, very high risk. But when you know what you're doing, it is, it is a very high profitable service. We love to do it too. The art factor to it is just yeah. awesome. And like Caleb's doing, we're trying to kind of mimic that and do the same thing where he's doing very unique projects mm-hmm. and more or less, you know, he's kind of creating his own style or his own customer base or or trying to at Mm -hmm. least. So whenever someone sees something that he's done, they're saying, Oh, that's Caleb's job. You know? So that's kind of the same thing that we're trying to do, but it's, it's definitely a learning experience. You got to, And I think that's just, that's just it to be a professional hardscaper, to be a hardscaper that Mm -hmm. is constantly doing hardscaping and booked out for a year or two at a time. You just, you got to be experienced and you got to know what you're working. What would you say to the guy out there on his mower right now and he knows that he's making a little bit of money but you watch Caleb and Brittany Allman and you see him doing this million dollar company and at a great profit margin and it's like it seems so far-fetched because you're looking at this beautiful backyard renovation and it's just like I don't even know how to do it what what's the kind of steps to actually make it a reality because lawn mowing simple you just <laughs> try to make it a straight line right. and anyone can cut grass, but not everyone can do a backyard renov. you know, a $20,000 backyard renovation. What, what do you think the best step to actually get to that profitable hardscaping jobs are? Well, the first thing is you got to want it just like mm-hmm. anything else. If you don't want it, if, if you're only going for it for the cash or for the, mm-hmm. the check at the end of it, yeah. it's not going to turn out well because it's a very detailed, it's a very, 
I don't want to say slow because you're constantly working, but it's a tedious, you know, yeah. there's you a use lot the word of, art. yes, art. there's a lot of steps and yeah, to, to have a good finished product, there has to be at least a little bit of uniqueness to your project. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of guys that are, you know, going out hardscaping every day, a lot of them are employees, but they, they don't see that side of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's part of it taking off for you too. If you want to do it and you want to do well in it, I would say the, you asked the first thing, the first thing is, is you need to get educated, mm-hmm. but you also have to want it. But mm-hmm. like you said, not anybody can just go out and do a hardscaping job. Anybody can go out on a zero turn and figure out how to start it and how to start moving. And, and you know, you sit on it for two weeks, mowing grass, you're going to be pretty good at yeah, it. Yeah. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. Yeah, hardscaping is more of a two, five, 10, 20 year thing. I mean, it's always right. going to be changing. It's always going to be evolving. The techniques are always going to get different. The tools are always going to get different. I don't think it's, it's definitely not lawn care where it's kind of one and done. It's going to be constantly evolving, but you got to get some education because there's so many steps into it. There's, there's so much involved. If you go into it, not knowing, especially like you're talking about a big backyard renovation, it's going to get really nasty and it could cost you your company if something goes wrong. So you just got to be careful. But the main thing is just get some education, get out there, find a mentor or take a course. I know there's courses out there now that you can take for hardscaping and uh, different types of landscaping projects like this. But the main thing is you got to get some education just so you can see how it goes down, maybe witness a project go down or Mm -hmm. help somebody or do what I did, go work for somebody for a year and you'll learn a lot. But that's what it's going to take if if you really want to be a good hardscaper and you want to start out good, have a good reputation, you're going to have to get some experience and and get some know-how or or a good mentor at least. Yeah. And Caleb Allman, he's got for only $99, Alex, uh, how to build a retaining wall, comprehensive guide, him and his brother put together. He has one for stone patio pavers, only $99. And you get to watch Caleb teach you the industry standards. So, and then he has some free resources over there. How hardscapingacademy.com. Yep. And Something that, like that. That would be probably the best starter that anybody listening yeah, to. Yeah, 200 bucks and you got both of those and you're, you're, you got the starting point. Watch yeah. both of those five or six times and then go out in your backyard and build yourself a patio. Yeah, or, you, or, or what way. Caleb says is call your aunt and say, hey, if you buy the the material, I'll build it for free. Yep. It might, you know, might be the best, but I'm going to, can I just try? Do your best. You just buy the material. I'll give you my labor for free. If you'll let me practice or, or call, you know, cousin Pookie or your, you know, aunt Sally or whoever. Anybody, your grandma always loves you and feels sorry for you. Call your grandma. (laughs) Yeah. And just start practicing. And, uh, so, Hey, I'm curious about this. I live in Atlanta, so we have supply yards every few miles and you get to pick your, you know, whatever city you're working in, there's something a few miles away where you can go get your job material i'm driving around here you know where in the world do you guys get all your materials it's not in the cornfield <laughs> <laughs> but uh right up, so we're very fortunate uh right up the street we have a rock supplier they don't have the pavers or the retaining wall stuff uh-huh. like that but right up the street we have a supplier that allows us to go there they're not open during the week they're only open on the weekends oh wow they'll load you up with you know whatever you just got to kind of call and make an appointment for yeah nine o'clock saturday and then they'll load you up but uh we're fortunate enough they let us go there keep track of our own materials we can come and go as we please we use their tractors and use their scale so we pretty much it's kind of uh, cliche to say this but we basically have our own material yard wow. and this has 15 or 20 different kinds of decorative rock we got four or five different kinds of mulch we got all the driveway rock the grade eight the chat for all of our patios yeah. three quarter clean all that stuff so we essentially have free reign to a rock yard but then when it comes to pavers and retaining walls the closest place we can get those is about 20 minutes away okay but there's also a man or there's luckily a manufacturer of retaining wall blocks and pavers is only about 20 
25 minutes away. So we have, I mean, the, the amount is pretty much endless because it's manufactured right there on site and they sell mm-hmm. to all the local suppliers, which is Sonnenberg's is the one I'm referring to, which is about okay. 20 minutes away. And then building products is the place that actually manufactures them. They manufacture brick and center blocks and all that stuff. So we have a, we do have options. We have quite a few options, but it's not close by. Okay. So I know these next few weeks are going to be a little unusual with the marriage and getting to spend some time with your um, bride, but take us through an average day at uh, Nick and Lawn Care because you're the owner. You mentioned you use Jobber. I'm sure you got some billing to do in there. Who's out there selling the jobs, You know, get, getting the quotes, coming back to the office, sending those out, making sure the work's done right, making the runs, fixing the equipment. I mean, there's so many hats. I've been doing this for 10 years, so I'm know all it takes to run a business. What are you doing? What are your brother doing? What are the employees doing? How do you kind of have this thing to, to be as efficient as possible? So like I mentioned, my, my other two full-time, Nick's been with me now for five years, but my other two full-time guys just started this year. So it's a big transition. I'm still learning how to do this, still trying to make all these hats fit correctly. Yeah. But um, lately what we've been doing, and this is working out really well, and we'll mention Caleb again, it's kind of what he does. Uh-huh. He is uh, more working on his business rather than in his business. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm trying to get myself. My goal is to have those three guys out working anytime they're on the clock. I want them out in the field doing executing a job. Yeah. My job is becoming more and more every day where I'm on jobber in the morning. I'm calling customers. I'm sending emails. I'm checking the mail. I'm going to the bank. I'm going to pick up parts. I'm going to pick up brick or block. I'm Mm -hmm going to pick up plants, um, fixing equipment. So I'm kind of wearing all the back scene hats Mm -hmm. where I want my guys out in the field, learning, getting the experience, working as much as possible. And that's hard to do. It's been a really, really hard transition for me. I'm not a micromanager, but I am all about quality and I'm a craftsman. I want to see things done right. I want to see them Mm -hmm. executed right too. I don't, uh, I'm not, I am concerned about the end product, but I want to, I want to get there the right way as well. So it's been hard for me to step out and let those guys do their thing. But in reality, that's the only way they're ever going to get good and Mm -hmm. and do it, you know, to my standard quote unquote is if they get out there and get the experience. So it's, it's more me just trying to let my guys go do their thing, try to give them the best plan I can. And if it's a more complicated job, I'm going to show up on site. I'm going to paint some lines or, or put some stakes or whatever, show them, lay it out for them, make sure they got yeah. their material and just let them do their thing. And then I can come back to the office or I can go out and give bids or do whatever I need to do and try to work on my business and make this be the best business that it can. And what I've learned is, you know, in, in doing this for the past couple of months is it's actually making them a lot happier mm-hmm. whenever everything is perfect. And whenever right. they need a material, it's not like, Oh, Hey, well, we're, you know, we need this. And I'm like, Oh crap. I forgot about that because I'm on site sweating my butt off too, where, you know, now it's more, okay, we need this tomorrow. We need this, you know, and I go that afternoon. So the next morning we've got all of our stuff sitting here or we'll take, you know, run one big run a week and grab all the stuff we need. And when you're out in the field and trying to wear all these hats at the same time, it's just not as easy to schedule and plan that kind of stuff. Yeah. Thank Shout outs to Brian Fullerton. He got me an interview with Troy Clog in Michigan who has uh, Troy Clog. I think they do land. I know they do landscaping and snow. Um, I forget the name of the company, but I know yeah. he's got uh, 40 years of doing this and yeah. just an incredible shop. And he's out there, Alex, and he's showing me uh, he has 400 vehicles. Okay. 400. I know you got four. Yeah. I got and four. four. <laughs> and we're like, wow, you know, and, and it's like exciting and big. And uh, I was asking him, I was like, what's this 297 number on, 
on the truck. He's like, well, that's the 297th truck we purchased. Then 298, 290, you know, it goes all the way up to 400. And I was like, this isn't incredible. Mind boggling. And I asked, I mean, he, I mean, the revenue they do is outrageous. You know what I'm saying? And I said, how, um, have you gotten to this point? And he said, you need to make sure your employees have the tools necessary to get the job done. So in the equipment, you know, you don't want some raggedy thing that's going to break and you got to duct tape together. Now, if you're in your first week, you got to start where you got to start. You got to lift the mower in the bed of the truck. That's like the beginning phase. But as fast as we can, we have to get out of that. We have to get reliable equipment. And like that was just really encouraging what you said, Alex, that you want to make sure when the guys show up in the morning, they're not waiting for you to bring it over. It's already there. And that's really important to employees when everything's organized before them and the most efficient stuff. So and and employees do not like chaos as a business owner. You're constantly in chaos. You're constantly putting out fires, but that there's nothing that's going to slow an employee down or, you know, make them irritated or frustrated or just take all the wind out of their sails than chaos. Yeah. And I've been an employee. I know you don't, you don't want to see that. It's not supposed to be like that. There's supposed to be someone in the back scenes taking care of it. And I'm going through this right now personally, but when you're a small business, it's really hard to get all this stuff done. You're, you're, you got customers that want you to call them back within four minutes of leaving voicemail. Then you've got customers who are texting you. You've got Facebook messages. You've got Instagram messages. You've got emails. You know, you've got so many things you're trying to stay on top of. And, you know, it, it's, you don't want to make it a last resort to make sure that your guys are taken care of. But when there's so many other things, you know, you, you got to take care of these customers. The face of your company has to be there. It's got to be, you know, you've got to be on point. And it's, it's almost like they were getting that those kind of things were, somewhat getting put on the back burner to try to keep the face up. And it's just too much. You got to, you got to draw the line somewhere and to keep things running efficiently, to keep things going, to keep everybody happy. I think that's just the way that it's got to be for us for now on. Awesome. What's been your biggest mistake in Nick and lawn and landscape career? And what'd you learn from that one? My biggest mistake was waiting too long to, to go after what I wanted. I was, whenever I first started out, I knew how to do a patio eight years ago, but I didn't have the courage or, you know, I didn't have the, the mindfulness and the awareness to do what we just talked about, to call up my aunt or to call up my grandma and say, Hey, let me put in a patio Mm -hmm. because I I can right now tell you five people who would have let me do that at that Mm -hmm. time and would still let me do it to this day. But I I didn't do that quick enough. And I think if I would have done that, we definitely would have been a little bit further along than we are now, but I don't regret it at all because Mm -hmm. my journey is, is why I'm where I'm at now. And I I don't think growing faster would have helped anything. I just wish that I would have, I would have had more experience by now if I would have done that. So I would have been further along personally. And I, you know, my brother and whatever we would have, we would have been further along as a company. So that's my biggest regret is not jumping into what I wanted fast enough. And then what was your other question? What was my, what'd you learn from it? You answered that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Basically what I learned is that I, I should have done it faster and I probably would have been further along, but it's okay. It's fine. I'm not, I don't, I don't, uh, fully regret it because it's, like I said, it's part of my journey and, and my journey is why I'm where I'm at now. So cool. And then I had another question that my audience asked me all the time. So just curious, the, your best practice with billing, you get the guy messages you on Facebook. Hey, Alex saw you did a great job for the person down the street. Can you come out and get a, get a quote? So what do you do from measuring the property, uh, vetting the customer 
take us from start to finish from that process when you step foot on the property to give the quote to the actual execution. Do you do the Caleb Allman a third, a third, a third? Do you do 50% down, 50% upon completion? How do you send them the quote? What's your best practice that you found helps sell the job and get you paid? What's the way you guys do it? So as far as selling a job, so when we when a customer requests a quote, we'll go there, we'll meet them face to face. Is it I, usually you doing that? Yes, it's okay. all it's ninety eight percent of the time me doing that. I have got okay. my brother into that a little bit just so he can understand a little bit more, and it helps yeah. if if he's going to be carrying out a job. It helps if he can go there and meet the customer and he can see their expectations, and then him and I can talk about it. But ninety eight percent of the time it's me, and I'll go out there. I always want to meet with the customer face to face, and I'll take all my measurements. Sometimes if it's a patio or something, I'll paint some lines. I can show them where something will be, or we'll try to hash out details. And, you know, if I say, do you want this bed to be four foot or eight foot? And they'll say, well, I don't know. You'll get a lot of, I don't knows when you yeah. go give landscape quotes. That's one thing for sure. But, uh, you got to be able to walk them through that and to tell them why they should go one way or the other, or, you know, maybe not tell them, but give them your recommendation. So, uh, a lot of times for us, it comes down to price. A lot of, a lot of things we're doing, people have budgets. So, uh, usually what we'll try to do is, is get their budget out of them, which mm-hmm. sometimes is really hard to do. It's, it's really hard to ask for that when you're mm-hmm. young in business, but the further you get along in business and the, the more that you understand and do this, it's better to get their budget out of them. You right just away. bluntly ask them. I just, I'll say, what's your budget. Okay. And, and some people look at me like I got 12 eyes and some people, they have, do you do right that away. on the phone over the re- initial interaction or is that at the property that's the at the property okay that's at the property once we get to the property i'll get an idea of what they want start taking some measurements and then i'll just ask them what their budget is or if they have a budget some people don't some people just say we want a good job done and some people will say i can't spend more than you know 2500 or 5500 or whatever the project may be mm-hmm. depending on what we're doing but um that's like that is where i like to start because it gives you a better idea of this project is going to work out or it's not. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can really start to hash out some details. You, like I said, you can start to paint some lines for the customer or bring some paver samples by whatever you need to do. But from there, I'll try to put together a really detailed quote. I always explain that this may not be the exact price if anything changes, but I'll also give a couple paragraphs of exactly what's going to happen step by step. This is the pipe we're going to use. This is mm-hmm. the weed barrier we're going to use. This is the exact plant we're going to use. You know, so- I in Jobber, when you're putting all this together, do you just, do you have on the left-hand side, I use Jobber as well, but do you put all the, um, this kind of pipe, this kind of measurement, and then just one price at the bottom, or do you itemize the prices and then the total, what's your, what have you found works best? So I'll kind of separate it. So if say we're going to do a patio and we're going to re-landscape the front, we're going to bury a couple downspouts. Mm-hmm. So I'll put that in there as here's the landscape in the front. So project one front yard. Yep. This okay. is, it'll be a landscape install. That's the way I have it mapped out in there, but it'll say, this is the exact rock. This is how many tons. This is the weed barrier, roughly how many square foot and that, you know, that'll be for a rock and the barrier. That's how many square foot we're going to use. This is how many of this plant. This is how many of this plant. This is how many of this plant. I lay it all out where it's very clear, no confusion. And then I'll go on to say drainage. Okay. This is how much it's going to cost to bury these three downspouts. Mm -hmm. This is where they're going to run. This is the kind of pipe we're going to use, which Mm -hmm. all we use is schedule 35. And then uh, this is how many feet you got. This is how many pop-ups you're going to have. This downspout's going to tie in with this downspout Mm -hmm. or they're all going to run individual. Mm -hmm. Just lay it all out really clear. And then we'll go on to the hardscape is what we'll call Mm -hmm. it, which would be the patio. So for a project like that, there'd be three separate prices and each one would be laid out within. And I know some people would 
go break it down even further than that and say, this is how much for the rock. This is how much for the edging. This is how yeah, much. And for I don't the recommend fabric. doing that because then they start getting funny. So you can start, people I, start getting really nitpicky when it's like yeah. that. If you just, I don't itemize the prices either. I don't either. And I don't tell them this is how much the plant costs me or this no, is how no, much no. the rock costs me. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I don't no. do any of that. And I've had people ask and I just I straight up say that's that, you know, that has nothing to do with it. This is the for this job, this is all in. This is what it's going to cost you. Yeah. So then what's your deposit and uh, progress payment, final payment? What, what have you found works best to make sure you get paid and the customers don't flake out? Uh, typically, I don't recommend this, but I'll be perfectly honest. 95% of the projects we do is paid upon completion. Okay. And but you're in a different area than Atlanta, man. We, yeah. I got a million people in my county. Okay. Right. Plus <laughs> you got right. 4,000 and everyone's reputation. If someone screws you over, it's like, well, and uh, I'd say probably 75% of the time we do work for somebody, we know them. Right. Or we know their son, we know their uncle, we know, you know, their cousin. And it's yeah. a very, very small town here. So I have had situations where, and when it, you know, when it comes down to that, some people, like you said, Caleb does a third, a third, a third, no matter who it is, no matter what the mm-hmm. job is, some people stick to that. But for me, it's more of uh, whether I know this person or not. And I go by feel too. Mm-hmm. If I feel like, you know, something's mm-hmm. not right or whatever, I'll definitely ask for some money up front. But mm-hmm. I think by doing it the way I do it and just say paid upon completion, what I always tell the customer, cause they ask this every single time, mm-hmm. what's the payment process? When do we pay? How much, you know, is there, is there percentages or do mm-hmm. we pay at the end? I say, you pay me when you're happy. And then if there's any changes throughout the job, I I'll tell them, you know, that day, as soon as we find out, I'll call them or I'll text them and I'll say, Hey, we just ran into this. We need to put in another, you know, ton of rock or we need to extend mm. the edging a little bit. We need to add 10 foot of pipe to get it out here to mm-hmm. the ditch. We had to, you know, whatever things come up every single day yeah. in construction. But when something like that comes up, I'll just hit them up and say, this is what it is. This is what we had to do. And I don't, a lot of times I don't even ask them if it's right. something that needs to be done to make the job correct, right. it gets done. And that's the way it is. And I'll just tell them, Hey, today we added 150 bucks. Cause we had to do this or yeah. today we added, you know, $8, whatever it may be, yeah. big or small, I'll just tell them straight up and it is what it is. So yep. at the end of the project, I don't say, oh yeah, by the way, we needed another <laughs> two or three things. It's seven fifty over. Upon completion, they're happy. Are you collecting a check, getting paid online? What do you do? Mostly check. Uh, we, we have a lot of people pay online through Jobber, which is very convenient. Uh, yeah. saves but us. we get the percentage taken out from their card yep. fee. Yep. Yeah, which is... If it's a bigger job, I ask them if they can write me a check Yeah, uh, just because of that. Oh, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's convenient and the percentage is somewhat justified because it saves you work. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's- And you can build it into your price, but- right. Right. It is something to consider. And you can just tell them straight up, if you want to pay on card, you're going to pay the fee. Yeah. You just say, this is how much if it's a check. This is how much if it's a you know, Oh, charge. just be writing a check. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking time on wedding week. I had no idea. Um, if I would have had that information, I could have navigated this last week. So that's all right. Thank you for it's part being... of the hecticness of an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, where can people find you on Instagram and YouTube, Alex? Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, website, anywhere like that is Nickens Lawn and Landscape. Awesome. We really appreciate you taking the time uh, to show us your shop. Thank you. I appreciate it, Paul. Wouldn't it be cool if the Green Industry Podcast community showered Alex and his new bride with some gifts of love? Tell you what, I'll throw some contact info in the notes in case you want to send them some gift cards, words of encouragement, uh, Bitcoin. 
I don't know what the kids are into these days. Not sure which of Alex's socials I was on, but wow. I remember uh, when my wife used to look like that. Well played, my man. Paul, did you ask if she had a sister? You know, Paul occasionally mentions how hot his future wife is going to be. And uh, brother, that looks like a great gene pool worth diving into. You have been listening to the Green Industry Podcast. Thanks again to Ballard Products, Entrepreneur Academy, Jobber, and Toro for powering our Midwest Fall Tour. Support our sponsors and check out their products as we have provided the links in today's show notes. And remember, use the promo code FALLTOUR when checking out at ballard-inc.com to save 10% and use the promo code PODCAST for 10% off at lawentrepreneuracademy.com. And of course, don't forget to smash that subscribe button to stay up to date with future episodes as the tour rolls on.